It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got movies forgotten and hot takes verboten. You just have to hear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got loads of fantastic films for all. From the ghost and the darkness to the Amish and witness, we'll cover it all. Season 11 will be the best of them all. Happy Holidays from Forgotten Cinema. like beer do you like podcasts do you like beer podcasts then check out crack and one open a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world we'll talk about how it was made what's in it the history of the brew and the brewery then we'll give our tasting notes and while we're finishing up we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture so check out crack and one open with mike and elise part of the forgotten entertainment family And welcome, Nerdy Knights, to the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator, and crying. <laughs> we recorded with Flo a little earlier, so she was like saying things that made me tear up a little. It's fine. <laughs> also, it's the Rebels finale, so you were crying. I wasn't. But, yes, I was. Yes, yes, you were. And it is I, the Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. Hondo's back. I'm excited. <laughs> but no Back matter, and better than ever. <laughs> absolutely. Going to talk about that later. <laughs> but no matter what rank you carry, one thing always remains constant. Much to learn, we still have. Yeah, Thrawn has much to learn also. Hopefully he will. Otherwise, he's not going to survive with Ezra. <laughs> Let's just say that. This season of Bohemian Geek Studies, we are taking our final detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into the season four final episodes, 14 through 16, also the finale of the series, A Fool's Hope, Family Reunion, and Farewell. <laughs> uh, but before we say farewell, we have done our best to scramble our signal and we will be, well, we don't have to avoid spoilers because we have it all. So <laughs> spoilers for everything. Take that scrambler off. We're just going to be the ghost. Yep. Without further ado, we're going to hop on board the ghost one last time and explore our holocrons of knowledge. So, Colleen, let's punch it and open that first holocron. All right, here we go, everybody. We're in our first holocron, the Journal of the Wills. This is where we go over the plot and the episode synopsis for this week. For this holocron, we're going to attempt, being the operative word here, keep it a little brief. As we have so much to cover, there's so much happening here, and we're going to go into extreme details with Flo later, <laughs> for real. A Fool's Hope opens with Hera, Zeb, Rex, and Callus getting back to Jupa base, yes, to recruit Wolf, Gregor, Hondo, Melch, and Ketsu to help liberate Lothal. Back on Lothal, Ezra is ready to brief everyone on how they can liberate the planet, and they have to do it now. Yeah, now, as he is foreseen Thrawn returning to Lothal. He's coming, everybody. He's done with his mission in Thrawn Treason and he's coming back. Ryder contacts Price, offering up the rebels in exchange for staying out of prison. 
Mm. Is Flo right? Has Flo been right all along? Is he just a dick? Yeah, is he just a douche in an infinity scarf? She agrees and proceeds to attack the rebel base. Unfortunately for her, the plan all along was to capture her. Here we go. With help from the Lothwolves and Hera's arrival in the ghost, thanks to Hondo getting them through the blockade. He's done this many times, guys. He has done this many, many times. Fine. Everything is fine. (laughs) He's like, maybe just like was hit three, four, or five times. I've done this many times. (laughs) Many times. (laughs) But with all of this in their favor, they do capture Price. And then we move on to family reunion and farewell, sometimes referred to as a single episode, sometimes mm-hmm. listed separately. However, you watch it. It's fantastic. It's the two-part series finale. Opens with Ezra reflecting and speaking mm-hmm. to an old hollow of his parents. And it's absolutely <laughs> pull, tug, the, tug the heartstrings. Like, mom and dad, I wish you could meet my new family. Like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> so... Price doesn't really put up much of a fight when the rebels tell her that actually their plan is to take her back to the Imperial base. And she's like, oh, you guys are dumb. Once yeah. we land, once we land, I'll be back on top. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so they do that. They land and they manage to fight their way up to the command center. Zeb, Hondo, and Melch in some of the best comedy in the series distract the commanders while Sabine, Ezra, Hera, and Katsu take control of the room. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, before they can lock down the dome, Rook, who survived the attack on the rebel base, manages to contact Throng, warn him that of what's happening, and manages to get himself back inside the dome. Throng arrives on the scene and basically tells Ezra he has to surrender or he will just bombard the city, which, thanks to the rebels, does not have any Imperial troops in it anymore. They are all yeah. back at base. Oops. Rook also disables the city's shields, making it much more critical that Ezra give himself up. All right, here we go. Ezra lets the specters discuss other options, but he has a pointed look with Sabine and secretly departs for Thrawn's Star Destroyer, the Chimera. Sabine convinces the others that the only way to help him is to get the shield back online. They achieve this goal, which involves Melch almost dying, Gregor actually dies. Sad. Very sad. And Zeb takes out Rook in a very disturbing way. (laughs) Way to go, Zeb. So much for letting him live in that previous episode. (laughs) Real. This is way more brutal than just killing him would have been. On the Star Destroyer, Thrawn takes Ezra to see the Emperor via Hollow and the entrance to the Jedi Temple that has been rebuilt on the Chimera. The Emperor tempts Ezra with reuniting with his parents, rude, very rude, in an attempt to get him to open the doorway back to World Between Worlds. But Ezra manages to resist, unlike many, destroying the temple once and for all. He fights his way onto the bridge to confront Thrawn, and the Grand Admiral thinks he's still won. But Mart Matten, Wolf, and Visago return with the reinforcements. What do we got, everybody? Woo! Cute <laughs> Pergil. <laughs> the space whales return and make short work of the Imperial fleet. They ensnare Thrawn's destroyer and the Grand Admiral himself and prep to go to hyperspace. Ezra tells his family who that he has to see this through to the end. Oh, God. And they all vanish with the Pergil. Yes. 
as Ezra surfs off into hyperspace, I maintain to this day, that's the position he's holding. He is absolutely surfing. <laughs> he does look like he's surfing hyperspace. <laughs> so the remaining rebels decide they have to complete this mission, specifically for Ezra, and they launch the dome, escape in the ghost, and Sabine with an absolutely savage look on her face blows up the dome, activates that self-destruct for Ezra and Kanan. They kill a lot of people. <laughs> they kill a lot of people. They kill a lot of troopers there, guys. <laughs> the entire Imperial presence, save for a couple of troopers who I guess were really maybe back at the Academy or something that show yeah. up on the street later, but yeah. they kill a lot of people. And um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ezra has recorded a message for each of the rebels, which is absolutely just, again, it's heartbreaking. Gutting. It's gutting. gutting. But it ends on a hopeful note that says he can't wait to come home. Yeah. In a voiceover epilogue, Sabine details what happens to everybody next. The Empire never returns to Lothal. Zeb takes Callus to Lyrasan. Rex and Hera both fight in the Battle of Endor, and Hera has had a baby boy, Jason Sandula. <laughs> And Sabine remains on Lothal, both to protect it and to see what Ezra was counting on her for. Because that was kind of a thing they kept saying to each other, that Ezra knew he could always count on her. Then sometime in the future, not really sure when, talk about that much later, Ahsoka arrives on Lothal, and she and Sabine set out to bring Ezra home. And the series ends. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just so good. This episode is so freaking good. It's so good. This is one of the best series finales I have ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's one of the it's best on my list. shows. Like cohesiveness. Dave Filoni knew what he wanted. He seeded pretty much everything that happened in this finale in mm-hmm. previous seasons. The Pergil, not filler, everyone. Really important, actually. <laughs> Just brilliant. Wonderful. Oh, all right. Well, let's then move into our second holocron. This is the Will of the Force, where we discuss the theme or themes of these episodes. And we're going to kind of forego like just straight episode themes here, because really these focus on Everything. themes of the whole series. But the episodes yeah. do kind of individually highlight some. So I'm going to start us off. Episode 14 is really all about something worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. The rebels are not doing this mission for the rebellion. They're doing this for Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, Ezra himself is determined to show the galaxy that the Empire is not invincible and that they can stand together in a common cause and ultimately win the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Episodes 15 and 16, the finale... This is about sacrifice. The entire series is about different kinds of sacrifice. It's kind of self-explanatory, but just like Kanan before him, Ezra sacrifices himself to save his family. In this instance, Sabine lets him go, just like he had to let go of Kanan. (laughs) Ezra also chooses again to not open that doorway and let the past be, proving that he learned his lesson from Kanan in the world between worlds. He, he's like getting tested all over the goddamn place by the force, seriously. Way mm-hmm. more than anyone else we have seen. This is huge in the Star Wars universe. Like so many characters fall to the dark side or make bad decisions because they're overwhelmed. 
by their emotions or the situation. But Ezra is able to realize that those actions would harm other people if he gave in. And he uses his faith in himself and his faith in his family. And he really pisses off Palpatine here. <laughs> Major. Ooh, mm, mm -mm. Anders, how about our... I mean, whether we're talking, we, we talk about the chosen family, we talk about how family evolves, how it's all about having trust in each other. This series is about the relationships between these characters and our main series theme here is all about the ties that bind. This finale does what series finales, in our opinion at least, are truly just meant to do and highlights what made the show great. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been telling Flo and you guys this whole time, everything and everyone in Rebels comes back. And here mm -hmm. we see we see that. We see the impact that the Ghost crew has had not only on each other, but on those around them. And it's just mm -hmm. on full display for these three episodes. And as Hera kind of says at the start, this isn't a mission for the Rebellion, it is for Ezra. Mm -hmm. And he is that linchpin that is holding this family, that is tying this family together. It's just... Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I mean, oof. And you he know... Really is. He He's really is. He's tying the entire freaking show together. If it weren't for Ezra, Hondo wouldn't be there. Absolutely not. Hondo has yeah. his chosen family, he and Melch. Yep. Just little yep. guys. <laughs> the clones wouldn't be there if Ezra hadn't talked Rex into joining them, if he hadn't talked Kanan into getting over his past. Tetsu wouldn't be there if she and Sabine hadn't managed to reconcile together. Mm -hmm. And Ezra helped with that. Mm -hmm. Awkwardly. <laughs> Very awkwardly. <laughs> Very awkwardly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. But like I said, it's all about the relationships. So Colleen, let's uh, move into our third holocron, mm -hmm. the galaxy's populace, where we highlight the characters and relationships covered in these episodes. And mm -hmm. I mean, you, we really have to start off. These episodes are a showcase for how far Ezra has come, both as a Jedi and just as a character. Mm -hmm. He is so sure of himself. He is selfless. He is brave. Uh, we talked about the whole theme of sacrifice, and we are going to talk about Ezra a lot later on with Flo. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ezra and Sabine in these episodes together, just wow. The siblings, brother in arm trust between the two of them. Yeah, they don't even have to speak anymore. No, they are truly just in sync with each other. And it's absolutely incredible. And she better be the first person who sees Ezra. <laughs> like, <laughs> if Sabine is not the first person who gets to see Ezra when he comes back from wherever he is. What are we even doing? Like, what are we doing, <laughs> Dave Filoni? <laughs> well, it depends on like the first, like the first thing. Maybe he's actually in like a little village, so it does like the parting shot of like the crowd moving. I mean, that's fine. I mean, like main people. If the the first main person to see Ezra should be Sabine. I think so, probably. And then you know, I just want to shout out my guy Ezra and Hondo <laughs> because for that boy, there is nothing I wouldn't do. <laughs> And it's amazing. Ooh. Hondo here also, like, this mm -hmm. is just, like, the best type of Hondo. Like, this is the absolutely, yeah. like, we've really disney Disneyified him kind of here. He's moved from being kind of more knowing. He's much more of a Jack Sparrow comp yes. here. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about there was a time when you could believe in something. But just the idea that he's doing this, and he's actually doing this for Ezra. Yeah. He is. It's not for himself. There's nothing in this for him. No. And of course, his relationship with Melch is just 
chef's kiss. Hysterical, adorable perfection. <laughs> Flo will also discuss that later. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the next one. We have Thrawn, my dude. Unfortunately, this is not a good showing for Thrawn in these episodes. This might be him at his most ruthless, and I'm pretty sure it is. He's willing to target civilians in order to bring down the rebel forces on Lothal. Not a good look for Thrawn. Mm. But he's not able to anticipate anything about what Ezra has planned. Both in the sense that, like, who the fuck would have thought that the (laughs) Virgo would come into play? And also that Ezra would be willing to sacrifice himself to take Thrawn off the board. Like, the I, I do is take... huge because Thrawn would probably know about them, but who the fuck would think a, a Jedi kid would be able to talk to space no. whales? No one. No. <sighs> I, I do take issue a little bit with like not really kind of foreseeing that Ezra would right. would do the whole like whatever happens next happens to both of us. That's the idea. I right. mean, you literally got him on the ship by forcing him to sacrifice himself. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. Which Thrawn should understand because he has done the same thing. Like, come on, Thrawn. Doesn't take that much of a fucking narrative leap to remember that this is exactly what you have done. (laughs) And I I guess just the years of the Empire has left him super jaded and super, like, just focused, laser focused on getting to the next step of protecting his people that he's like this now. But my dude... (laughs) This is like really bad Dumbledore. I have forgotten what it's like to be young energy. (laughs) Come on, my guy. Okay, I do have to cover this. This is in one of the books in Thrawn Treason. It's one of my absolute favorite parts of all of the Thrawn books. Admiral Aralani, who is one of my favorite Star Wars characters, she is a chiss. She says to Thrawn, after he has won the day yet again, someday Mithranurodo, God, his name's long. You'll overthink and overplan and it will come crashing down all around you. When that happens, I hope someone is there to lift you back to your feet. And this is this happens before the Rebels finale. So she's basically like saying what's going to happen. <laughs> he's going to get knocked on his ass by mm-hmm. a child. Well, he's 19, so he's not a child, but he's very young. And then Thrawn jokes in that book. He's like, oh, it's going to be you. Totally. Arlani. <laughs> no. No. Stuck with Ezra. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I really hope that Dave Filoni does not mess this up. I'm very hopeful that he knows what he's doing with Thrawn and that he gives us a nuanced character instead of the straight villain that we got in Rebels. I want to see the Timothy Zahn nuance here. I want to see Ezra and Thrawn reaching some sort of detente and understanding each other. But it has to be a struggle. Like, it's fine if it's a struggle for them to get there. But I want some sort of relationship between those two characters. It's not too much to ask. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why in this moment I'm blanking on the name. Who's, who's one of your husbands, Thrawn's guy? Eli, Eli yeah. Vonto, imagine, e- imagine Eli like playing, uh, playing like broker between the two of them. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yes. It would be hysterical because Ezra would love Eli. Ezra would be like, you're friends with Thrawn. Ugh, gross. And Eli would be like, what is wrong with you two? As Thrawn's like, he's a little shit that doesn't appreciate art. 
I am here for that. I'm very here for Ezra meeting other Chiss as well. I would love if Arlani did rescue Thrawn from the unknown regions. And it's like, you brought us another human. Interesting. And Ezra's like, he didn't bring you anything. I'm Ezra and I'm independent. Like, wow. We believe you, kid. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready for all of the unfortunate roommates in space situation <laughs> that will happen between Thrawn and Ezra. Oh my gosh. For more on Thrawn and Ezra, <laughs> see our other pods about Thrawn and Ezra. That's right. All right. Last but not least, I have to wax philosophical and wax happy about Zevin Callis. <laughs> this is one of the best moments in the entire finale. Their little scene together at the end is so good. I think these two are a couple, whether they are now or later, is moot. They are now. No amount of arguing will convince me otherwise. Like these two are a couple. Zeb brings his freaking boyfriend back to his ancestral home planet and they don't seem to leave. If there's no word of them leaving, they just go there. Mm-hmm. So in my head canon, they get a house, they get married, and then they adopt some adorable Lasat orphans. That is my head canon, is that they are parents together and have these really cute little Lasat kiddos. Like Callus doesn't have to prove himself to Zeb anymore, which I'm sure Zeb is like, you don't have to, you don't have to prove anything to us anymore. You helped us, you helped the rebellion. But Callus is still like, no, dude, I gotta atone and work on this for like the rest of my life, which is like more adopting the children kind of situation. And now we just need Ahsoka and Sabine to like detour into the unknown regions. Like before they go looking for Ezra, they stop on Lyrasan, check in with Zeb and Callus, see what's going on. Like, just give it to us, you cowards. Just give us a freaking centralized gay romance. I see. I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. This is my prediction. If that happens, if Ahsoka and Sabine go like visit Zeb on Lyrason mm-hmm. or visit Callus on Lyrason. Both of them won't be there. One of them will be in the ground. No. And they'll have like a scene at the grave. No, that's unacceptable. <laughs> like Callus, Callus will be there and Zeb will be in the ground. Oh God, that, that would be horrifyingly awful. I am not here for that. I'm not here for it either, but I'm just saying like, it, 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 this just, just like, you know, tropey storytelling. Oh, this is how this this is how that goes if that fucking happens i will lose my shit even if it says loving husband on the gravestone i will still lose my shit unacceptable yep. and disney will be and disney will be like pat us on the back and we'll be like no no you didn't give us a cat man and a beautiful other man kissing so no we will not be happy until that happens <laughs> Colleen, I thought we learned something from cats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zeb is kind of like a cat bear, so maybe that'll be different. <laughs> All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Moving into the next hologram. We got we gotta go. We gotta move on. I'm not sorry, anyone. I'm not sorry. <laughs> our fourth holocron is binding the galaxy together. These are our Star Wars homages and Easter eggs in these episodes. So Colleen, mm-hmm. start us off. We have a lot today, everybody. Everything First, in Rebels comes back, and everything does. Back. We're heading back to Jupa base. Mm-mm-mm. So, we recruit the team. 
there we go. We're getting the team back together, everyone, on the Clone Troopers Walker Chupa base. Since everything in Rebels comes back, let's have a quick rundown of this odd collection of characters and where we've seen them before. Mm. So we get Wolf and Gregor, the two clone troopers that have been living with Rex in season two. I love them. I love them so much. Next, we have Hondo, Anders boy, yes. and Melch. Thank God they didn't try and get as Morgan. He would have fucked shit up. He just would be useless. He would have sold them out. Yeah, he would have sold them out. He would have been useless. And then last but not least, we have Ketza Anyo, who is Sabine's old friend and an ex-bounty hunter. So mm-hmm. lots of people come back. And Mark Matten, of course, is here. And Jai Kel is also here. Like, there's there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. And Vizago, too. Good Lord. They're like everybody. <laughs> Everybody's back. Next up, we have hiding in kind of the shadow of the Imperial ship. Mm-hmm. Very nice shout out to another great smuggler. But, you know, oh, that's such a dirty word. Uh, let's say pirate instead. Pirate. Mr. Han Solo <laughs> hiding on that death, that Star Destroyer in Empire Strikes Back. Here, Hondo mm-hmm. uses the cargo freighter to get them past the blockade. And like we said before, he has done this many times. It's very clever. It is. A super clever idea, even though here is like, oh, God. Isn't this a hyperspace lane? No, it is just outside a hyperspace lane. <laughs> Have you ever been hit before? No, maybe one, one, twin. I've done this many times. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. Next, we have Rex's outfit. Yay, matches the Rebel Commando that has since been confirmed to be him in a retcon that we don't mind. We don't care about this. This is fine. It's Rex in Return of the Jedi on Endor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sexy bearded grandpa Rex. <laughs> Next, we have several small shout outs. We have, I think it's Vizago says that, you know, the, the plan is crazy, but that's why it's going to work. And Rex has the line, like, this is like the, the worse the plan, the better with these guys. For some reason, it just always seems to work out. This is probably the series' biggest running gag that yeah. the Ghost crew just keeps coming up with outlandish, terrible plans. Yeah. They manage to pull them off every single time. Yeah. Uh, we get a we get a, kind of another subtle amount to this when the Purgle show up and everyone like doesn't even really question it. They're just like, it's got to be Ezra, right? Yeah. Like that's Ezra. Okay, yep. that's Ezra. <laughs> a lot of Anakin energy too there, because Rex was used to Anakin's terrible plan. Yeah. So he's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> oh my gosh! Speaking of the Purgle, calling animals for help. So Ezra calls the Loth Wolves, and we see those eyes behind him. Call back to when he called on the Fearnox, but here he isn't using the dark side to do it like he did with the Fearnox Queen. Like, and he's collaborating more than kind of taking them over, which is very nice, much better. Oh my gosh! Yes. We go. <laughs> uh, next, we get the reference to Protocol Thirteen. The Rebels use the same code that the Empire uses to evacuate Jeddah, which was referenced in an earlier episode by Mon Mothma to recall all the troops to the dome. This is the code that calls for the complete Imperial evacuation of an occupied planet. Mm-hmm. And it works. And it does. Rider. Then we have one last time in a prior episode. Ezra had said that he doesn't crawl through the vents anymore that's just not him he is an adult now but it's your thing man yeah it's your thing it's totally your your thing it's your signature move but he gets in one last time to escape the dome to go save everyone (laughs) (laughs) 
Next, we have the temple door. So this is obviously a very recent callback, literally like an episode or two ago. But I literally just noticed this. So I feel compelled to point it out. For the longest time, I was so confused about how that temple entranceway got onto that ship. I'm like, did they go back and dig? Like, what the heck was going on? But on the last rewatch, Ezra does point out during Wolves in the Door that... um, it looks like the door has been straight up removed. So they mm-hmm. they did have the foresight to get that out of there before they collapsed everything. <laughs> yes, Dave Filoni. He knows what he's doing, everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have a nice callback to Chopper Base. The Rebels are under the shield with Thrawn performing the aerial bombardment. Callbacks. Nice callbacks. Although, I mean, having an Imperial shield generator is probably better than Sabine's yes. um, hack job. <laughs> Which did yeah. do very well. Sabine did it a very did. good job, but it did. But it was still older. I mean, that's an resources. Old generator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Next we have Thrawn's end. Question mark. We'll talk about this a little later. Flo's favorite, the Bendu. <laughs> Foretold that he saw Thrawn in the cold embrace of many arms. And here we see it come to fruition. Should have believed him, Thrawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up, small detail, but you will notice in the old in the epilogue, the older future version of Sabine has instead of um, Morai on her arm, she has actually painted a pergo mm-hmm. on her armor. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love watching Sabine's armor kind of change as the series goes on. Yeah. Okay, here, I'm fine. I'm not going to cry. Back where it all started, you'll notice that Sabine is in Ezra's tower at the start of the epilogue, doing the exact same pose, the kind of leaning down mm-hmm. on her arms. Next <laughs> <laughs> up, our newest, our Spectre 7, Mr. Jason Sandula. Will he be a force user? This has yet to be answered. He was yeah. named for a force user from Legends, Jason mm-hmm. Solo, who's one of Han and Leia's kids, mm-hmm. and had the same type of force ability that Ezra does to really communicate with animals. Mm-hmm. Now, things don't turn out very well for any of Han and Leia's kids in Legends no. and actually in main no. canon, to be quite honest. So me personally, I'm thinking maybe he just inherits his mother's piloting skills and we leave it at that. I mean, I would like if you were a little forward sensitive, but maybe not quite enough where it would be like, oh, the Jedi are going to come after maybe, me. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can be like Maz forward sensitive. Mm-hmm. That would be good. That would be fine. And yeah. I think he's probably the one piloting the ghost in Rise of Skywalker. I mean, Hera is, could probably still be alive, but I don't know if she would still be piloting. Like maybe she's co-piloting at this point. Yeah, he probably he probably picked her up. I mean, Wedge still showed up. Wedge did show up. Hera is a little bit older than Wedge. I mean, she still could totally be flying it herself, but it would be kind of cool if it was her and Jason. And Chopper. And Chopper. Then we would know that Jason didn't get recruited to the Jedi Academy and die in yes. a fiery blaze. Although I doubt that Hera would let him go anyway. She'd probably be like, Fuck no, Luke's got, no. Yeah, mm. no, 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 no. Call me when uh, call me when Ezra's an admin. Yeah, exactly. Luke Skywalker, no, mm-mm. <laughs> not touching that with a fucking ten foot pole. <laughs> We're not doing this. Maybe then, then he would get to know Maz. 
and go hang out with Maz because it would make sense if Hera knows Maz. Mm -hmm. And then Maz is like, yeah, don't, don't go to the Jedi Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's fine, but no, just don't do it. Okay. And then last but not least, we have Thrawn calling for Captain Pelion when the seventh fleet is destroyed, making it his canon debut. He is also in the Thrawn Treason novel, but his main claim to fame is being Thrawn's stalwart, second in command in Legends. I love Pelion. I love him so much. He's like the no-nonsense person up against Thrawn throwing riddles at him. And he's like, I don't have fucking time for riddles. And Thrawn's like, but it's fun. Let's do some strategery. Pelion's like, no, I have a ship to run. <laughs> he's fantastic. He has an epic mustache, and he's actually not too bad for an Imperial officer. He's actually very fair and very, he's nice. Like, Pelion is actually a nice person, mm. which is very odd in the Imperial Navy, which is why Thrawn picks him in Legends and in canon too, in Thrawn Treason, he's like, oh, Pelion's over there. I can trust him to actually like look at the facts and shit hmm. and not be a douchebag. Interesting. So I, hope, I hope the Purgle didn't kill him. <laughs> I hope he's still around. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think many of them made it out of there. I'm, I'm really hoping that Pelion's ship is okay. <laughs> he, he's the only one though. It's just the one. Just one. All right, all right. <laughs> Well, before we move into our next Holocron, we're going to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, maybe a designer or someone to help you write expert articles and blogs, or a presentation designer who can help you with that next big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just five bucks a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, everybody. We're heading into our final time into our fifth holocron with the newbie from Naboo. <laughs> this is Flo's first time watching the Rebels finale, series finale. Holy shit. We've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes, of which I'm sure she has many. Many. Ooh. Oh my God. So let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought of the finale of Star Wars Rebels. I feel so lucky to have gotten to experience this yes. period and also just like going to experience this with you I I'm gonna get sappy at the end but anyways I'm gonna I'm kick ready. it off right now because I cry through this every time yeah I was Ooh. weirdly emotional and like I'm not that emotional a person um I don't like usually cry at tv shows or whatever mm -hmm. but this I was like whoa this is hit me in the feels okay yeah I want to run through my notes kind of quickly because I have like overarching just like thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. We're just going to let you go. Okay. <laughs> let me go. Don't stop me. Okay. So episode 14, a fool's hope, really strong title. First of all, mm -hmm. Callus is back. Let's start with that. 
<laughs> Looking great. Callus is back. My favorite double agent. Amazing. He is looking great. Although in this one, he's still like in his property brother's gear. He gets hotter later. We had a text thread about this, but it was definitely in my notes. And then of course, who else is back? Hondo. Yes. I was like, fucking A, Hondo. I feel like these episodes in particular were definitely like the epitome of everything comes back. Yeah. Everything. And it was like, oh, Everything. so we get the uh, clones, clone troopers back from season one, right? Two. Okay. I don't know. For like forever ago. And yeah. I was like, oh, these guys forgot about those. I'm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they come back. Not for that long. RIP for some of them. Mm-hmm. And I forget who says this. Sabine? <laughs> Hera? I don't know. Somebody. Somebody just says for Ezra when they're like, we're going to do this. That's Hera. It was Hera, right? We're not, okay. Yeah, this isn't for the rebellion. We're doing this for Ezra. We're doing this for Ezra. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I'm deceased. <laughs> I am deceased. And then we get like the best Hondo line, mm-hmm. which again, we quoted in our text exchanges today as Anders grabs his Hondo Funko Pop, courtesy of yours truly. Yes. (laughs) For anybody who does not know, Anders is actually anti-Funko Pops, and you should, like, really troll him about it, because Funko Pops are great. For the most part, I just don't get it. You're a weirdo. I don't don't get you. But it's Hondo. It's Hondo, so it's great. It's Hondo. And it is a really Um, cute Funko. It is a cute Funko. Hondo says, for that boy, there is nothing I would not do. And it's like... This is so lovely because I feel like Ezra is just universally, in terms of like at least the rebellion, liked. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like the grander populace, at least respected. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, he's just such a cool character. I just really, really, really like Ezra. So that was awesome. Okay. So Ryder, fuck that guy, (laughs) is super anti this plan he's like we don't have an army we can't do this blah 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 Ezra says well we only need one person okay so I'm gonna read my notes because I feel like this episode did a really nice job but also made me very pissed off so I wrote Ryder you're the worst first of all like he's just being annoying in the scene like just like shut up just like take one for the team and just do it then we cut to price Okay, and Price looks rough. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. she is looking bad. Um, she's like anticipating that she's about to be like killed for doing such a shit job. So mm-hmm. she's like kind of grasping for straws and just like sucking. Then she gets a communication from who else? That fucktard Ryder. and Ryder says you know I'm going to basically sell out the rebels for amnesty okay Mm -hmm. so here's what my note says I wrote Ryder is pretending right question mark Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then like he so then we cut back and the empire comes to this rebel base that they have set up and I wrote and I'm going to, again, quote my notes, Ryder, you absolute piece of shit. I feel so vindicated because, of course, I've been a person who's like, Ryder's a piece of shit the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, finally, I was right about something. <laughs> so spoiler alert, I was not right. 
But I also kind of like saw this coming because my next note says, still dubious that this isn't Ezra's plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like because Ezra did the like, and we only need one person. And it was like, kind of figure it was Ryder, but they really played it off very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of like, did they, didn't they? Is he, is he not? And mm-hmm. they allowed a lot of casualties. Yeah, they did. And yeah. so I was like, fuck, like, is this for real? And then of course it wasn't because Ryder, it, he was in on this whole thing. So anyways, then I wrote, fuck Rook. I hate that <laughs> fucking guy. I, if I never have to see that guy again, which thank God I don't because he is deceased. Thankfully, I'm going to go dance on his grave. I hate that guy. We got a lot of Zeb in these two episodes. A lot more than we've gotten in the past couple episodes and certainly like in the past, maybe like season and a half. Mm -hmm. And it gave me the worst feeling. Now, this (laughs) worst feeling did not pan out, but I really thought Zeb was going to (laughs) die. Um, especially when he was going after Rook in the next episode. Yeah. I was like, shit. He was the one I was most worried about. I was so worried about him. I wrote, I have a bad feeling about Zeb. Be okay. Is what I wrote. That was a true Star Wars fan. She's got a bad feeling about this. I did. I had a very bad feeling about this and thank goodness it did not pan out. It -hmm. was good to see Rex again. I don't have like a huge emotional attachment to Rex, but like, he's a cool guy. And like, I appreciate him as a character um, and just like as a good soldier. So that was cool. Sabine was amazing. That entire battle with her jetpack, such a star. She's a motherfucking star and I'm obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she's been cast in the Ahsoka show. I know we're going to talk so much about that. I literally cannot wait. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... Ezra, so basically they hit they hit the ore crawler, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it's called, which yeah. whatever, stupid plot line. I don't care. Um, and Ezra is like scrambling, scrambling, scrambling. He and Zeb are like hanging on for dear life. And they finally like jump back up onto the ledge. And what do we see? All of our friends on their knees, not in a good way, guns <laughs> to their heads. And that was the moment where I was like, fuck, like, Ryder fucked them. Now he's mm-hmm. pretending to like be a part of it. Yeah. Then, so literally, I wrote, oh shit, seeing our crew on their knees is bad. Then I wrote, fuck you, Ryder. <laughs> My next note after that, after Price is like, Ryder, blah, blah, blah. And then Ezra's like, are you sure, bitch? Mm-hmm. My next note says, NVM, good job, Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> it really had me go in there. They really mm-hmm. had me going. Yep. Had us in the first part. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> then as soon as that happens, the Star Wars theme swells. Hera comes in. She saves the day with help from Hondo. Okay? That's right. Shocking. It's shocking. It's Very shocking. He has done this many dead. times. I just feel like having Hondo and Vizago in one episode, it's like, it's too much for me. I can't. It's it's just too many, too many pirates. But they did not get as Morgan. No, they didn't even try for him. Thank God. No, thank God. No, we could talk a little bit more about that too because I do feel like there are people that they like left behind. Like, where was Lando? Cloud City, yeah. At this point, he's probably in charge of Cloud City. Yeah, I just feel like we got quite a bit of Lando in like season one, and then it was like Lando never came back, Leia never came back, you know, just like some people didn't come back. Also, like, fuck you, Mon Mothma. 
for like not coming to help in this. You're such a bitch. So I feel vindicated. My mom Mothma hates. Um, okay. So then Ezra is like retreat to the cave. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they go to the cave. This was obvious. Okay. This was very clear. The wolves have been like circling around. The wolves are obviously in the cave. So I wrote cave wolves. And then obviously the wolves come and I wrote, yes, I am so good. <laughs> Just like patting my own back. In my you nose. said it, you said it like a week or two ago, you were like so frustrated at the wolves for not getting involved and like being soldiers and like fighting. Thank and you. as soon as you said mm-hmm. it, I was just like, I cannot wait for this scene. <laughs> and I wrote a note to that extent. I wrote, so I also have a question, but I'm going to get to my note first. I wrote, mm-hmm. I love this wolf savagery. This is exactly what I wanted. The mm-hmm. wolves are actually doing something to protect their planet. There was no reason why they haven't been doing this the entire time. Like this was just dumb, but I loved seeing the wolves like this. This was mm-hmm. so good. So Game of Thrones, just like loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my question. We know Ezra has this connection with the wolves, mm-hmm. but is he controlling them or are they just like friends and he, they're just like he can't control wolf. them okay and okay. yeah he he this is him asking for their help yeah okay great that's what i figured and i liked that better just because like i don't like force mind control like that makes me uncomfortable so i was mm-hmm. glad that he wasn't doing that yeah. um and i just thought the wolves were sick so it was mm-hmm. just super super legit and um yeah, and that's kind of the end of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Wolf savagery, they like kind of win this battle, but like the fate of Lethal is still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very okay. tense. <laughs> Let's turn the page to episode 15, the final episode. Um, it's called Family Reunion and Farewell. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we kick it off. He's talking to his parents. He has pulled up the fan fiction anime art from like season one. Um, He's talking to this photo. Hera is listening in. And I think she's like, she's pretty touched that he's like, let me tell you about my family. Mm -hmm. And that was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was just like, wow, this is amazing. My next note says, fuck you, Price. Price is the ultimate. Yeah. C word. I'm she not gonna say sucks. it. I hate her. I hate she's her the worst. so much. You can okay. say it. We're marked as explicit on iTunes. Okay. <laughs> Giggle. See you next Tuesday. That's right. She's she's really intense. Um, Ezra has all these wolves behind him. Right. He's like threatening her, and in this moment, Ezra has the most BDE of anybody in the Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Like. He's out of control. It's amazing. It's like, so cool. Thinking so back good. to season one, Ezra, who's just like this like little Aladdin kid yeah. to Baby. this man who is like, contr- well, not controlling, but like allied with these wolves and like leading an entire section of the Rebel Alliance is like, this is incredible. Yeah. So love him. There was some like, flirty tension with Ezra and Sabine with this like I can always count on you situation which they go back to at the end of the episode and it was a little bit confusing because I I know she didn't really know what he meant I didn't really know what he meant mm-hmm. um, but it felt weirdly flirty and it also felt like a goodbye yeah. and that was like that's kind of the moment where I'm like something is not going right here 
um he just looked really serious and that didn't mm. feel like Ezra okay then I wrote I forgot about Ketsu <laughs> yep Ketsu Ketsu is also there oh yep. look she's back forgot about her um it was pretty funny when Hondo like launched his pig friend and then he was like they can fly that was hilarious no just poor one more Rose. step back let me let's get the right that, frame that yeah. was very funny that poor guy yep, it's a, like, concussion protocol had to be like engaged at this point poor, mm-hmm. poor pig or a little melch okay <laughs> then they infiltrate the dome mm-hmm. and we get such a hot shot of callus <laughs> my note says callus in the black omg hard eyes emoji and i like i had to draw my home my obviously i'm handwriting my notes i had to draw my own hard eyes emoji (laughs) um he looked so good like it just it all worked for me so i was Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. um okay so then rook is alive he snitches to thrawn he attacks um zeb and whatever his name is mort mart 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 okay he attacks them and rex and that's not good because they're the escape route so that's all bad um also i just don't like snitches thrawn throughout this entire thing is like eerily calm yeah he has no affect he's just like okay basically uh, Ryder, uh, again, like I am not pro Ryder, but Ryder is doing a mighty good job in these episodes. He impersonates, he impersonates an ISB agent and like yeah. he does a kick ass job at it. Like, much better would, than Ezra usually does. Well, Ezra sucks at it. Well, days. he's got that Clancy Brown voice, so he's he very authoritative. He does. So that was pretty impressive. Thrawn comes in on his um, Star Destroyer or whatever. The Chimera. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I am not going to lie. I did not see this coming. I really thought that this would just be like a thing where they have finally like outsmarted Thrawn. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, oh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Thrawn like blocks them. He basically says, you know, Ezra's like, I have like all your people. And he's like, yep. And now nobody's defending the populace. So either you um, like sacrifice yourself essentially, mm-hmm. or I blow up all of the civilians in the city of Lothal. Yep. Is it called Lothal? Yeah, Lothal, uh, capital city. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Naboo on Naboo with the who speak Naboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Naboo. <laughs> and like, what choice does Ezra have here, really? Like, there no is no choice. choice. No He's choice. obviously going to sacrifice himself. He's obviously going to go be a hostage. Thrawn, like, is such a dick. He, like, blasts them as, like, a show of what he can do. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're the fucking worst. That was such a tough look for him. He has to. Palpy's I mean, watching. I get it, but, like, <laughs> ugh, gross. Okay, so yeah, then. I hate that. I hate Ezra's that. Ezra's like, I'm leaving. Like, thank you for everything. Bye. Like, I have to go. Hera. <laughs> Is, says I won't let you go mm. and that was that was really intense that whole section yeah, that's her I was like okay um I don't know at what point Ezra says this but he says one last time to something going into yeah. the, going up going into oh, the ventilation right. going up into the ventilation and I was just like oh my god this is so sad 
also like if you're a Hamilton fan one last time is like one of the saddest songs and so I'm just like this is too much right now for me and then so he like he opens it or Chopper opens it up Mm -hmm. and then Sabine sees him and she actively understands what he's doing and she distracts Hera for him and that was very intense i wrote yeah. sabine distracting hera i'm bawling now to be fair i was not actually bawling because you're, I like, bawl. you're like you're <laughs> like you're welling yeah but i was just like yeah. this is so beautiful that she's like letting him make this choice for himself yeah and like just taking his life into his own hands like an adult would and yeah. well i felt bad for hera because she has lost so much recently um, it was it was just what Sabine needed to do, and it was what mm-hmm. Ezra needed to do. So mm-hmm. I just thought that Sabine's really rocking the game in these. She's, she really is. She's amazing. She's doing so well. She's I doing so well. Okay, so during all this, they still have Price. She's their yes. prisoner of war. Yeah. And I wrote, just kill Price so she can stop <laughs> running her mouth. She was so annoying. Yes. It was just like, shut up, stop it, like you are a prisoner shut the fuck up mm-hmm. okay thrawn now has ezra and he tells him you chose to be a jedi basically saying like you chose to be a jedi about this like you could have made another decision but really he couldn't because ezra right. is not only a jedi but just like a good person right. like i don't mm-hmm. think this has very much to do with being a jedi but just like no he can't have that on his conscience like thousands of dead people on his conscience no he can't do that Ezra screams at Thrawn that the force isn't a weapon and he's like you won't understand it blah 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 and then we got like (laughs) this it can't have been more than like 20 seconds but it was like this very intense commentary for me where it just like really stood out in my mind where he says he Ezra tells Thrawn you think you can take whatever you want without even understanding it something like that yeah. And he's talking about Thrawn's art collection, mm-hmm. how he's got some artifacts from Lothal. He's got some Sabine Wren originals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like kind of surrounded by these things. Yes. And I felt like this was such a commentary on imperialism and just on like appropriation and yeah. of just like taking things that you don't understand and then like using them to fit your agenda. Right. Yep. Which is it, it ironic was... because Thrawn does understand the art. But he doesn't understand people, the connections, and yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I just felt like that was so intense. Where it was just like you just come in, you pilfer these things, you take them, mm-hmm. you use them to display, like in your home, in your station, without any respect for the people who have made it. Right. And it was just like this is yep. intense for a kids' show. Mm-hmm. Quote kids' show. So I yeah, love for that. kids. <laughs> and Thrawn comes back and basically makes a commentary about who tells history. And he says, we have the power. And so like, basically, fuck you. And he's just like, we'll be telling the story because we are the ones in power. Yep. And, you know, the spoils go to the victor or whatever. There is no good and evil. There is only power. There and those too power. weak to see it. That's right. Ooh. We all know that. (laughs) Okay. So then we get into this like really confusing bit where there is a hologram of Palpatine. 
Yes. And I have a lot of questions about this. So I'm going to hold off on it for just a second, just to say one last thing, because during all this, we're kind of zooming back and forth between what's happening at the dome, what's happening on Thrawn's ship. Mm -hmm. All this to say, Hondo and Melch, I ship it. I ship it. I ship it so hard. They are definitely fucking, not a doubt in my mind. Um, Hondo was distraught. And he mm-hmm. is like looking at that pig man with like the most love in his eyes that I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Like amazing. So, so good. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, Zeb goes, let's go rebels. And I was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So good. So good. Okay. So let's talk about Palpy. I have a lot mm. of notes about this Palpy situation. So mm-hmm. Palpy like force creates, recreates the Jedi temple from Lothal. So I- what happens here? And I actually, I did not notice this detail until this past rewatch Okay. from wolves in the door or wolves at the door we can never remember what the title wolves of the episode and a door <laughs> that one i think ezra and, Sab- ezra and sabine are like sneaking into the temple area and ezra notices he takes note that it looks like the the main like front door has been straight up removed right right he actually makes a comment on that so they have actually moved this to the okay. ship yeah. okay so but palpy's not there there's just like a, a hologram of him right mm-hmm. And my question was, why is he not all fucked in this? I have questions about this. He gets there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, he for sure. Then we see him as as the uh, the emperor, Mm -hmm. and he looks like the emperor. But in this, he looks like the chancellor from you know Mm -hmm. episode two. He looks like Grandpappy Palpy. Yeah. So I'm going to the opera Palpatine. Let me tell you about you know Darth Plagueis the Wise. Exactly. I have questions about this too because at this point he does he almost never appears in public. Right. Like it's okay. almost all archive footage of him actually in public because he's got his own thing going. He's down under the old Jedi temple trying to become immortal. Yeah. But also the it's the duel with Mace Windu that leaves him somewhat somewhat unable to like mask his appearance the way he used right. to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Colleen, do you know if there's a definitive answer on this? If this is like a hologram trick or if this is like Sith magic? I have thought about this a lot. I was like, is this a glamour? Like, is this a force glamour using like the dark side? And I think it's possible that it could be. Most likely it's a hologram, like superimposed over his form. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking like, this is old footage. Mm -hmm. And at first I kind of thought- And they use it to kind of put- the glamour over him it's a deep I was, fake at first yeah. like my first thought was that this was going to be like when chopper used the um like hologram of thrawn mm-hmm. at first i thought it was gonna be like a full trick where like he wasn't even talking to ezra and it was just like recorded but obviously oh, no, like, he's there he's, right. he's he's in it, it to win it here <laughs> yeah so let's keep talking about it the temple quote temple like it's really not the temple it's just like temple-esque Right, it's a piece of the temple, so it right. can still access okay. the world between worlds. So that felt super like Dagobah cave esque. Yes. Like this was clearly mm-hmm. a trial, dark, mm-hmm. tunnely. Like there was a lot of parallels there. Temptation. <laughs> right. I definitely wrote this is dark side shit, and my note after that says let go Ezra, <laughs> because I was just like willing him. I was like this, like 
whatever. It's torture. It was so bad. Straight torture. And we'll talk a lot about this because there was a lot here to unpack. Mm -hmm. Um, Palpy is so good at this like sad puppy dog face that makes you want to trust him, makes you want to believe that like he has your best interest at heart. Obviously, Anakin fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. You know, even like Padme. Yeah, I was going to say, the senators all fell for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like we've seen people fall for it time and time again. And so we're like, Ezra, buddy, like you got to be strong here. Like, let's go. Um, There are then we keep going back to the dome there's a lot of casualties at the dome which like i was not super expecting um nobody that like i super cared about i'm not gonna lie but like a lot of people are gregor right gregory that comes yeah. later and i did yeah. put gregor sad face but like i also don't really care uh i'm not gonna lie that's another clone Wars thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i think okay so throughout all this ezra is seeing his family his mom and his dad in a kitchen it looks like calling him to breakfast or whatever and this maybe more than anything else in rebels felt like harry potter this was Mm -hmm. mira vera said harry sitting in front of it staring at his family willing them to just come through the mirror or to pull him in so that he could be with his family again a family who looks like him and his his blood relation Mm-hmm. And he misses that. Like yeah. Ezra had more time with his family than Harry did, right. but this felt exactly like that. And so right before Ezra chooses not to, you know, give mm-hmm. into that, which who knows if it would have even worked. Like this all just feels like a big trick from Palpy. Right. I think it would have gotten him into the world between worlds. Yeah. yeah. It would have opened the door, but as soon as he did, Palpy would have like grabbed his shoulder and used him to get in himself. And then we're screwed. Mm -hmm. Right. So right before he decided not to do that, I just wrote one of the best quotes from Harry Potter. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Ezra did here. He Mm -hmm. let go. He did not dwell on dreams. That could not be. We cannot bring back the dead. Um. And I was just so proud of Ezra in that moment. He did it so much faster and so much better than Harry. Um, and it was just, it was really, really great. And like, mm-hmm. you feel for him so much because of course, like oh, we've all wished for that. It's you know, so like, sad. It's so, it was, this was the, very, very sad. The cracks in his voice, like Taylor Gray, I think yes. does not get enough props for what he's able to do, yeah. especially in these last few episodes with Ezra. Insane. So good. It was amazing. Just like, this is, that's where I cry is when he's like, Mom and dad, I'm sorry, but I can't. You're yeah. like, oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think like he just really holds on to his other family, right? Like he's thinking about Hera. He's thinking about Sabine. He's thinking about Zeb and Chopper. And he's like, I have this other family who is here, who like, I know that I can protect. Yeah. yeah. So it was just really beautiful. Then it becomes a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Palpy hologram starts switching in static between nice grandpa palpy to Mm -hmm. extremely scary emperor palpy and this and it's like stalking him out of the yes it's really creepy very creepy very creepy and ezra screams at him i have a family i don't need anything from you Mm -hmm. and it was just like 
<laughs> wow. Imagine if Anakin could have said that. Yeah. Anakin he didn't have a family. family. He didn't. He didn't. Anakin have did. The, he had Padme. He did, but that was it. Like his mom. He had was his gone. twins that he were didn't on the way. Trust. He didn't trust Obi Wan anymore. Like Ezra's got a bedrock that he can lean on. But and this, he doesn't think that it's wrong. Like Anakin thinks right. everything in this family is right. wrong. Right. So and ultimately, you know, we've talked about this many times, but ultimately this is not a failure of Anakin's, but a failure of the Jedi institution as a whole. Like yeah. Anakin could have done this, should have done this. I do mm-hmm. believe he could have. He could I do have. believe he could have. I think had he been able to mourn Shmi, had mm-hmm. he been able to maybe like even see her, why wasn't he allowed to visit her? It's like the craziest thing to me. They never are allowed. No. To I know visit. it's nuts. If he mm-hmm. had been able to visit Shmi, ensure that she was okay, like yeah. visit her on, you know, Life farm, right? <laughs> and it's just like, he could have done this. He could have been like, I know my mom enough that she would have wanted me to let go for right. the good of the majority of people, right? for the good of Padme, for the good of my unborn children. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have this opportunity because Obi-Wan fucked him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then rest, the rest of the Jedi fucked him up. Yeah. Like Kanan. Absolutely. Good job, Kanan. <laughs> yes. Kanan was an Best amazing master. master really. Yeah. Best ever. <laughs> um, okay. So then these like red guys come mm-hmm. and they're like fucking shit up. Yeah. Yeah, and they really creepy. are. They are very creepy. Ezra is like using the force right and left. He's like throwing bits of rock everywhere and just like because at this point he doesn't have his lightsaber like he has no, left no. he gave it to chop <laughs> he gave it to chop who spoiler later sabine uses mm-hmm. it which was like so perfection i was mm-hmm. just dead um it was so great again zeb was making me nervous here while he's at the dome he's like i feel like the camera just pans to him in such a weird way where it's like he's looking at other people and like you could kind of see in his head that he's like i will die here if i need to mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck, yeah. like he's gonna, he's gonna die. And like, how am I gonna feel about that? Spoiler, I would have been sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they get the shields up, which is amazing, like right in the nick of time to save the people of Lothal. Rook dies, fried, amazing. Uh, Melch lives mm-hmm. again, incredible. <laughs> However, Gregor does not. He gets to mm-hmm. die holding Rex's hand, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, I know you don't care, Flo, but I think that him having like peace in that moment, like it I, was I'm, a mission he actually wanted to go on. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. This and I, this really just hit me like this time I'm watching it. I think this is the first time I've watched it since this other thing came out. Um, definitely three thousand uh, percent more heartbreaking than Tony Stark in Endgame. Whoa! Is Gregor in this moment? I feel Ooh, for the dude. Wow. <laughs> I mean, especially after watching Bad Batch also okay mm-hmm. you get gregor in that i just feel like in terms of tony like i don't even like tony stark however like i have a thing about people who have to leave children behind when they die and like mm-hmm. I, I mostly feel bad for his daughter and, yeah. and for Pepper. like yes his to be family. fair like I mean, gregor didn't really have anybody i mean this is also yeah. full disclosure here i mean i enjoy marvel movies but i have zero emotional investment in them like i just fair. don't care they're mm-hmm. fun to watch <laughs> fair enough i mean i don't really care that much either but like i have some um okay moving on so no more blockade the blockade is gone everybody's gone mm-hmm. and all of a sudden 
the purgles come. <laughs> so yeah. So Yay. the purgles come. Um they, the space whales. They fuck shit up. They're oh, like yeah. ramming into stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Sabine is on comms with Ezra. She's able to talk to him. And Ezra is continuously fucking shit up with the force. He is like able to control this like purgle tentacles. He's throwing like Thrawn into them, um, basically like holding Thrawn prisoner. Mm-hmm. And Ezra realizes that he, they're about to go into hyperspace. The, the mm-hmm. purgles are going to blast into hyperspace. Ezra realizes that there's really no other option for him but to just go along for the ride at this point. Yeah. And there's nothing Sabine can do. No. Like everybody is helpless. And he says, the force will be with you always. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just so much. It's yeah. so much. And basically Ezra ends up God knows where with Thrawn. Like, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Sabine <laughs> has Ezra's lightsaber. She uses it. It's so cool. She says at one point, they're like back in the ghost. Um, and she says, for Kanan and Ezra. And I was just like, I'm getting that up tattooed. The dome. I am getting that tattooed on my body somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, it was so great. I am going to say one thing um, for Price. She went down with the ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have respect for that. Mm-hmm. So good job on that one. Ezra has prepared. Okay, this part was kind of funny. Ezra has prepared a, a hologram of himself. Yeah. yeah. If, and basically it's like, if you're seeing this, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. all I could think of was the episode of The Office where Michael Scott records a video. If, have you guys not seen this episode? No. I probably have. Oh, God. I give up on you people. I can't be podcasting with you. I mean, I've watched The Office, but only once through. Oh yeah. my, oh my, okay. Parks and Rec is better. I'm, so oh, is Rock what? and The Good Place. Parks and Rec and New and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. I will then say this for the listeners. Listeners, when Ezra came up with this, all I could think about was Michael Scott saying, you know, if you're seeing this, I'm already dead. And this is for my son. And he like teaches his kid how to like unhook a bra on Dwight. Anyways. It was very humorous. And that's all I could think about while Ezra was giving his very like heartfelt spiel, but whatever. So it kind of ruined it for me. I will say when he told Zeb that he could get the top bunk again, and then he's like, Hera, I put a Meluron <laughs> in your cabin or whatever. I was like, this is from episode like one. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, way back. I cannot. Way back. <laughs> and then he hits us. And I wrote this in all caps. I can't wait to come home. Mm-hmm. That's when I lost my mind. I'm going to like tear up now. That's when I lost my mind. <laughs> I was just like, that's, that's a lot. Like that he already knew that he would have to make the sacrifice. Yeah. And that all he wants is just to come home to his family. And that's really all he's ever wanted, right? To his bio yeah, family, family, his chosen family. Um, that was really beautiful. Like what a way to end this for Ezra. Um, and then we get the people in the streets. It was very post-endor celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just excited. Okay. Then... We get an epilogue. Ooh. Okay. Which was like done secretly. 
Tia okay, Sirkar, yeah. vo- who voices Sabine, like secretly recorded it from the other cast members. Whoa. Yeah, Filoni was like locking that shit down. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah, they saw it later. So we get this post Endor. It's how many years later? We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Right. That, that, okay. Mm. <laughs> We're not sure. sure. Sabine has a very stylish new short hairdo, Mm -hmm. looking great. We know Mm -hmm. it's post Endor. She tells us that um, Hera and Rex fought in the Battle of Endor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We hear that there's a new little member of the crew, which Ah! I actually have questions about, um, which I'll get to in a second. No, they were boning already. Jason. 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 Yeah. Okay. Which, like, fuck the patriarchy. Am I right? All about right. it. Um, <laughs> we get, I think the, the most important one for me was the absolute canonization of a Zeb <laughs> I thought they were going to kiss. Mm-hmm. I was like, Star Wars, just do it. Yeah, just, just let them do kiss. It. Just real. do it. Two <laughs> best friends, they might kiss. Um, yeah, Zeb takes Callus to what was it called? Lost Lyrasan, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like sees that he did not wipe out an entire people. That was huge. Like it was yeah. just so great. It was mm-hmm. just amazing. Like what a great like Callus's face. On that one. Like just the lifting of that weight yeah. or part of it, part of the yeah. weight off yeah. of his soul. Yeah, was like, he still killed a lot of them. Sure, yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, and he'll atone for that forever. And then of course. Like, we end with a shot of Ahsoka mm-hmm. with the Sabine voiceover. Ahsoka the White. And Sabine <laughs> says, you know, Ezra's out there and it's time to bring him home. And that was it. Yes. And that was the end of Rebels. <laughs> and my face was just like for hours. <laughs> like I so we finished watching Rebels last night. It was probably around like 9.30. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. We got the text. I, I texted it. I was like, how did you guys not warn me about this? What the fuck? I'm like so fucked up. I did I not go to sleep. Emotional. I literally could not sleep. I did not go to sleep until past midnight. I'm so sorry. Because I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. And why was it so good? Why? Why Dave why was so good? So good. <laughs> It, it was to me this was the perfect i could not have thought of a more perfect ending it, was it so left beautiful. so many avenues still open mm-hmm. but closed things enough that i feel good yeah the only thing where i was like i wanted to like this more was the introduction of jason mm-hmm. um I just kind of take issues with the fact, well, I take a couple, they're, they're just ways they could have done it better, I think. I We just didn't see enough Hera Kanan for me to believe that they were like actively fucking that much. They were already boning. <laughs> Which You kept saying that you they're definitely boning. Like, I, I feel like we need to pull are. up the audio clips. Yeah. But, but the issue is like, they were apart for so much of Rebels, yeah. especially this last season. And it's like, I don't know how Hera species like mates or whatever. And like I don't know what their gestation period is, but they are like, compatible. Like well, obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think when Kanan starts acting weird, I think that's when he knows that Hera is pregnant. Okay, so that that's kind of my question: Did he know that she was pregnant, and did I, she know that she was pregnant? I think I think he did, and that's why he's like, "So 
you and me like what are we gonna do are we thinking about the future and stuff and she's like shut up I don't want to and then I think about torturing her while she's fucking pregnant and I'm like Mm-mm. okay so here's what I needed though I mm-hmm. love that first of all obsessed with that that just made everything so much better for me so thank you Colleen the almighty um <laughs> but I needed that scene yeah I needed the Hera telling Kanan hey I'm pregnant what are we going to do about this how does this affect the mission how does this affect us how does this affect the crew right um and I feel like I needed a little bit more about that if he did know I need a little bit more reassurance that he knew when he died, when right. he chose to make that sacrifice. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this to me was just like, it was great, but it felt a little bit like fan service in a way that like was not explained or supported. Right. It's kind of um, like preserving the secret, but also like right. at what, what cost. And also like, if she, this is another issue, but like if she fought an Endor, who the fuck was watching her kid? Chopper. Sham. I mean, no, she, not she how to make bombs. Hell no. So I'm just like, did she like really drag him along? Like she better not have. That's not good. That's well, that's also weird. so he would have I, I been. Think so he's probably on. I don't. He's at some base. Do you think she like been... left him with like Ursa? No, like, Ursa <laughs> definitely not with the Mandalorian. I mean, he would have been what four at the Battle of Endor. If she's pregnant now. If she's pregnant now, which is like just before Rogue One, effectively. Mm-hmm. So basically, timeline: so A New Hope to the end. Yeah, he's probably four by Battle of Endor. I mean, I have a four-year-old. I'm not leaving my four-year-old with Champs and Dula. No, you're gonna strap. No, you're gonna strap her into the gunner seat and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, sorry, take it away, <laughs> You got this. I mean, aim he might have. For the ones in white. He was <laughs> probably at one of the other bases. Would be my guess but like with who so i you know yeah. what i'm gonna assume with a doctor with a doctor. okay yeah. i'm gonna assume she left him with the ewoks and was just like y'all watch him for just a second all right one hot second one hot sec c3po's here you you all just watch him like a hawk um so that was really my only thing where i was like this felt a little bit unnecessary um he yeah. could be on Mon you know, he, he was with mon mothma mon mothma was watching him I mean, she's not doing anything else, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. She can run the daycare. That's a-okay. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, this last episode especially, this one's the 10 out of 10. This one, so that's good. it. That's yeah. so, so good. It's, I mean, it was just perfect. It's And Thrawn finally loses his shit. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. It was perfect, and I think the way that only Rogue One has been. Mm-hmm. a perfect yep. like encaps like it just encapsulated like everything that I wanted and it gives Love you it. answers to why Ezra isn't around why Ahsoka isn't around like mm-hmm. there's yeah. reasons for them not to be around there's a good reason why Thrawn is gone yeah yeah if he had now, stayed around the Empire would have won right now I got a question for you Flo okay specifically around the whole sequence with the temple and the okay. door there and Palpy's kind of thing. Does having that now change your opinion at all of the world between worlds and Palpy being there and the whole thing? No, it doesn't. I just felt like that sequence in the world between worlds was just cheap. 
Like it, this did not feel cheap. This felt mm-hmm. scary as fuck. And it felt, it felt like the Palpy that I know. It felt mm-hmm. like the Palpy who manipulated Anakin. Okay. Right. Like maybe the, they should have had Palpatine be grandpa in the World Between Worlds section. Yeah. And like Palpy's great talent is like his schmooze, right? Like he schmoozes people. Mm-hmm. And so to see him as like a witch hag, just like shooting lightning, that's Palpy I mean, at his worst for He's me. good at that too. He is good. <laughs> he's really but good that's, at that. But that's I think Palpy he thought like he had that in the bag. Window. Right. I think he thought he had World Between Worlds in the bag. Like I don't, he didn't yeah. know Ahsoka was in there. He thought he only had to deal with Ezra. So he's like, I don't have to worry about a disguise. And then he's like, ah, shit. <laughs> If they had put Palpy in schmooze mode and been like, don't you want to, blah, 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 I I would have liked that a lot better. Yeah. I just didn't like the lightning. I didn't mm. like the cauldron at all. Okay. That's like the weird Sith magics that he's he's kind of learned some stuff from the Night Sisters. So that's a little bit Night Sisters-y stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I understand that we get some of that. I mean, we got like some creepy magic stuff in Rebels, like for one episode. And I mm-hmm. understand there's more in Clone Wars, but I feel like for people who have mostly just seen the movies, like mm-hmm. that was just very separate from what. Oh we yeah, know yeah, yeah. And he's very into the Sith magics and stuff. Like sure. he, he was. That's why he took Maul was because Mother Talison was like, "Ooh, I'll show you how to do my magics if you." do this blah 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 and he's like hey your kid he's got a lot of forest energy i'm, I'm gonna take him yeah. i feel like maybe it felt more like exegol pulpy mm, okay. where it's just like you're mm-hmm. a really creepy son of a bitch like full of yeah. magic which mm-hmm. that's not my favorite palpy my favorite palpy is definitely schmoozy palpy yes. in episodes two and three yeah mm-hmm. um the politician politician palpy yeah exactly mm-hmm. so, okay yeah that's, that's the favorite. palpy that fools Plagueis too i mean sure yeah Scary Palpy is not the one that fools Plagueis. Because <laughs> Scary Palpy is not scary. He's scary in a way that, like, he's he a will, scary he in, will like, a kill you. Way. He's like, right. like, you can fight that scary. Yeah. The scariest thing is what he does with your brain when he's yeah. just like fucking you over, mm-hmm. which we see here and which obviously we saw with Anakin. So, mm-hmm. exactly. So, yeah, I Whew. loved it. Whew. All right. We're going to get some more love, more, more Rebels love in our next section. We're heading into the sixth hologram conjecture at the cantina. This is where we talk about our questions about the episode and get into mm-hmm. some wider Star Wars lore together. So instead of going over what Dave Filoni and crew thought about these episodes, they thought they were great. I mean, come on. As they should. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is so good. Dave Filoni's like brushing up his yeah. shoulders, Luke style, being like, I am the fucking shit, y'all. Yeah. This was him setting up for give me more Star Wars things to do. Totally. And it worked completely. So instead, we're going to do a little mini Master and Apprentice section. I had two of our avid listeners and friends of the pod had sent some questions in for us. So I'm going to start out with Jason. Jason has one for us. Everyone on the ghost crew is vital to the story of Rebels. They're all irreplaceable. But if you had to remove one character from the show they never existed which removal impacts the show the least and why Jason, i feel like this is an easy one savage Jason. question now is this is we're limiting this to the ghost crew yeah the ghost crew I, I, yeah it's i think it's easy for me it's so easy yeah it's zeb 
It's Zeb. A million percent. It is Zeb. Which is really crappy, like, because we love Zeb. And Dave Filoni was questioned by Steve Bloom, who voices Mm -hmm. Zeb. He's like, I didn't get much to do in season four. What did you give me? And Dave Filoni's like, I gave you Callus. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a direct quote. And he was like, well, I guess that's what I did. (laughs) But yeah, Zeb's story is the one that kind of the least entwines with the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. or with the plot of the show overall mm-hmm. and i feel like if you're looking at impact like zeb has the least impact yeah which so. is tough because we love him and he's a oh, great character him. remember when but... i hated him oh in the beginning <laughs> he's a douche like he's the asshole big brother he's yeah. built paxton and weird science like he's an yeah. asshole <laughs> but Thanks, then you Jason. come to love him that yes, was an easy question, question Jason. you lobbed us an easy one thanks bud that one was good This one's a little more difficult. Thanks, Keith. Keith coming up with two questions for us. He asks, Dave Filoni's comments seem to disrupt the timeline a bit. Mm. Do we think Mandalorian season two Ahsoka is before or after the Rebels final moments? There is a book, the Women in Star Wars book that says the epilogue is five years after the last sequence of Rebels. That is the only canon source we have. We do have Jason Sindula being around. It looks like five years old also in the last shot. Like he could, he's four or five. He's old enough to really be around. Like he looks older. Oh, I thought shot. he looked like seven. He could be seven too. I mean, yeah, he could be even older. Like he at least looks yeah. five, which was the, the, the first canon source that we had. Also, it. can we also talk about how there's no like booster seats or car seats in space? Like- I yeah. felt very unsafe watching him like strapped into that seat in the ghost. He needs to have the Yoda egg or baby Yoda egg. Yeah. Grogu's egg. <laughs> sure. um, okay. So the question is, do we think that Mando think? season two Ahsoka is yes. pre or post her showing up with Sabine? Right. Yes. Which do I we think-, think she's Ahsoka the white already in Mando season two or is Mando season two before she goes to find Sabine? Right. And I think the, the confusion here is also so when Ahsoka shows up, because I think we have a more definitive timeline on when Mando season two is, right? When mm-hmm. officially does that take place? 10 years. It's 10 years post. Nine, nine, 10 post years Yavin. post Return of the Jedi. Post Return of the Jedi. Think, so like 15 years post Yavin. Yeah. Either way, to, longer than five years post Yavin. Timeline, but yeah, longer than five years. And Dave Filoni has made comments saying that he's never explicitly said when that epilogue takes place, which actually I remember when this happened, I tried to find, I couldn't find where the canon source of the five years had come from. I just kind of accepted it because I heard so many people say it, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't find the canon source. Um, So we don't know. (laughs) We don't know. I kind of just figure that like this comes after, like, I don't know why she just like, Mm-hmm. looked more majestic in this one yes mm-hmm. and that's yeah that's the argument for that one mm-hmm. what kind of makes me it's so weird because it's you you have to think about effectively what's just okay, what's so, yeah, Ahsoka it's like doing nine years after the battle of Yavin is Mando okay yeah because we know in Mando season two she explicitly asks where's Thrawn which means at that point Thrawn has somehow come back and is it somehow he has returned somehow he has returned (laughs) which means 
or he's at least active. So he's come back from wherever the heck he he and Ezra went. Mm -hmm. Oh, you think so? Well, if he's actively involved, if he's actively involved. Sorry, he's actively involved in what? So Morgan, whoever, like, because Ahsoka's going to like face down Morgan, the lady that had the Beskar spear. And she asks, asks, like, where's your boss? Where's Thrawn? God. And she actually name drops Ahsoka. Name drops Thrawn in that yes. in that ad. I just figured that like, I guess like I, it didn't occur to me that Thrawn was like pulling strings somewhere, mm-hmm. but because I just figured know. they're like still trying to figure out where he is. I will say like my biggest argument for Mando being before is that like she doesn't have Sabine with her, and I don't right. know that they would have split up. Like there's only two of them, right? Yeah, exactly. And she looks more Ahsoka the Grey still. Yeah. She doesn't look like she's transitioned. She doesn't have that big white spear yet. Like Mm -hmm. Maybe she's going to get that on her show. Man, (laughs) we need Ahsoka right now. I need Ahsoka immediately. Every single poll that's like, what show are you most excited for? I'm like, Ahsoka. It's Ahsoka. Everyone's excited for Kenobi, but I'm just so pumped for Ahsoka. I mean, especially after they cast Pretty excited for Kenobi. Yeah. I am excited for Kenobi because, I mean, well, Hayden's going to be in Ahsoka also. Oh, he is? Yes. How did I miss that? It's still pretty new. It was. Oh my God. I'm so excited. He should just be in everything. They should put him in the. the Cassian series too. Just put them everywhere. Might as well. Well, yeah. and Flo Mina Masoud is the supposed casting Ezra? for Ezra. Yeah. Oh, so perfect. He's like the number one rumored person for Ezra. Oh man, that is a perfect casting if he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Real Aladdin, space Aladdin. I was gonna say, let's <laughs> it's go. That's perfection. I'm ready for that. We're so ready for that. I'm super ready for that. Whew. Okay. This one is a little bit more like. Oh, this really is a very good question. Keith's second question is Melt from Rebels and Quill from Mando are the same race, but one grunts like a pig and the other speaks basic like any other sentient being and has very deep thoughts. What's up with this? So I did a little bigger. He seems like he's bigger. Yeah, Yeah. I did a little digging theorizing on this. And yeah, Quill in general seems bigger. Um, So if that means that he's just older, Mm. or and he's kind of just had more time to develop mentally that could be one thing could also just be one thing i noticed melch has tusks and quill does not Mm. so it might just be harder for him to move his mouth and form words in basic there you go there's also we already have precedent there are other species where some people are just better at languages and and some aren't melch pretty much we see understands basic Basic. he just can't really speak it i mean jabba doesn't speak in basic right but uh zero and uh, zero uh, and grabala do yes this is true i think that quill also might have been raised like all always with the empire so then he learned how to speak basic because he never had a chance to learn his own ugnat language maybe because he seems much older than the lifespan of an average Ugnaught also. Yeah. And I just got this really sad thought. What if the Empire captured him as like a baby and removed his tusks? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. No, because no, <laughs> not all Ugnaughts have tusks in general. That's not true, all Ugnaughts I know, have but tusks. what if they did? Oh my God. <laughs> they removed his tusks. So 
I just kind of figured that Quill like maybe had been around like more traders or like Mm. more like intergalactic trade and just like had picked it up because he needed to like who does more trade than a pirate I mean I mean Melch wasn't a pirate to start (laughs) also let's be very clear Melch gets thrown around constantly like how much brain damage does Melch have let's be serious he's got a helmet a bit probably a bit a lot. Yeah. So, the shot like, of him, oh my god, the shot of him when he's just like up against the glass and he's kind yes. of smiling, it just cracks me up. That's what I'm saying, right? So funny. Like, he's kind of like waving too, he's like eh. As much as like Hondo clearly fucks Melch and like loves Melch, like he's also kind of just like putting Melch in a ton of danger and doesn't give him a ton of protection. Yeah. So like I just feel like maybe if Melch did ever speak basic, like maybe he can't anymore from brain damage sorry who bring it down this is a lot there you go keith (laughs) yeah thanks a lot keith (laughs) question supposed to be lighthearted. all right this one is going to get a little bit more sappy Mm -hmm. i think what are our favorite parts of rebels it can be characters episodes moments i'm gonna start i love everything (laughs) obviously (laughs) My favorite thing, though, is Ezra's connection to nature and his empathetic nature. He connects to everyone and everything around him, which is like Flo said, brings everybody together at the end. Mm -hmm. It's all because of Ezra that all these people show up for real. Even Maul, like he connects with Maul. Come on. No one is able to do that. Even Savage, his own brother, has trouble with that. I love that this is what is what takes Thrawn out is this connection to nature his connection, his empathy, which is something Thrawn lacks at this point. In the books, it's much more explained that Thrawn wants to be empathetic to a point and is empathetic to a point, but here it's like gone. He's gone too far. Like this is Thrawn way far from where he started. And then of course my first, oh shit, this is going to be good moment of the entire series is in season one when Ezra connects with the Fearnox and raises the queen. Mm. That part, I was like, holy balls guys this is gonna be good and they delivered they delivered a great series fucking bravo they really did as colleen always says no notes (laughs) (laughs) so i mean this i mean recency bias here ezra in the cave when the wolf eyes open like right behind him might be my favorite shot in all of rebels possibly all of star wars it is just an absolutely beautiful shot Mm-hmm. Um, when he ignites his saber yeah it's so cool uh some other like random little favorite things i personally i love the uh the staple gun lightsaber i always love it <laughs> i think it's fun i was just arguing with somebody like in real life about that one of my colleagues was like that's the best lightsaber i'm like you are no it's not You're the best wrong. it's definitely the most fun though it is fun <laughs> it's unique it's <laughs> very unique. unique it's so ezra <laughs> But I think one of the things that that Rebels gives us that is just unparalleled across everything is actually the relationship between Kanan and Ezra, the actual true master and apprentice relationship that we see there. It's done well. They are learning from each other. It's just fantastic. Space dad for the win. Yes. The good, he is the, like, him and Bail Organa are really the only two good space dads in Star Wars. It's a rough go. Um, <laughs> all right, so for me, I'm going to have to say, like, my top 
like moment or my top episode was probably still the battle at like the Sith temple. Mm -hmm. That was like, that to me, like that had me on the edge of my seat. That was very exciting stuff. Like Mm -hmm. where I didn't know what was going to happen. And we got Vader, like there was so much going on. So I really loved that. I think this show might have some of the best quotes Mm. like and I'm big on quotes and it was just like they just kept throwing them at us like my body is going to be covered in rebels tats at some point because it was all so good Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna have to agree with Anders I think not just the relationship between Kanan and Ezra but seeing a family that cares about each other is not something that we get a lot in Star Wars Mm -hmm. um I mean Luke has his friends but it's like really a trio um it's not like an extended family right um and also like luke had a family mm-hmm. so did leia like mm-hmm. until she was quite a bit older we don't really know that much about han besides what we see in solo but like he had kira for a little bit um obviously in the prequels like family is a really big deal but anakin like can't quite get there in the sequels family is also a big deal it got a little bit fucked up there at the end um but ray obviously looking for who her family is is a really big deal but here there is no question about who their family is this is their family and like they are gung-ho for their family they're die hard and it's really beautiful like what they can do together how everybody has a part and how they all depend on each other. And I just really love seeing that in this universe. It's so good. Mm. Yeah. It's so lovely. It really is. Like, it, it's just beautiful. You guys like really weren't joking when you told people to watch Rebels. Like, yeah. I, I really fought hard against it for a long time. Everyone like, does. <laughs> eh, like, honestly, I think the biggest hurdle is the animation style yeah Mm -hmm. it's just it's a Mm -hmm. really tough one to start with you do end up forgetting it so if you are just tuning into this episode as your first bgs episode and you have not watched rebels yet and you're just like (laughs) oh let me turn this on because i'm on a super long drive um go watch rebels watch rebels um you will regret it (laughs) so flo how does it how does it feel you are no longer a newbie from naboo i am not I am a very experienced <laughs> senator from Naboo. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. great. I feel I feel like this filled in so many gaps that I had in the Star Wars universe. I feel mm-hmm. like this was beautiful. I also like that it was pretty concise. Like yes. four seasons is not bad to get through. There are a mm-hmm. lot of episodes, but like it's it's pretty quick. The episodes are bite-sized. Like you can yeah. watch them during your lunch break. Um, it's just it was really, really good, you guys. I, oh, I'm, I'm pumped. Speaking I'm like of, almost crying. <laughs> so, so glad you liked. Sw- switching topics just a teeny bit. Um, speaking of filling in some gaps, um, we had a listener comment from last week. This is from oh. our friend of the pod. This is our friend Bo. Okay. Um, so last week, Flo, we were talking about. Oh God, what did I say, Bo? Well, we were talking about the world between worlds. We were talking about the Mortis the Mortis arc and everything mm, yeah. in Clone Wars. And you were talking about how, you know, you're a Ravenclaw, you like to know all the things. And Bo yeah. sent us a message that said, Ravenclaw, want to know all the things? Go watch Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want the information? There it is. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, Bo. Clone Wars is a lot. It's, it's a big thing. 
Here's it is the a thing, big though. commitment. I am a Ravenclaw. I'm also a Ravenclaw with like deeply undiagnosed adult ADHD. And therefore I have like crazy hyperfixations. And unfortunately, like I have to like limit myself into what I can do. So it's not even that like, I don't want to watch Clone Wars. I do want to watch Clone Wars. I just like straight up don't have like the mental capacity to commit myself to what seven yeah. seasons of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. like that is a lot of Clone Wars. So I will watch Clone Wars. I have watched Clone Wars. Like I yes. want to be clear. I yeah. have watched some Clone Wars. I did not finish Clone Wars. Um, and I do want to know all the things. And I do appreciate that because I am a person who is actually a completionist. Yeah. But it takes me a while because there's so many other things that I need to know about and like want to know about. Yeah. And also like, unfortunately, Attack of the Clones is my comfort movie. And so- I'll watch that before I watch Clone Wars any day. <laughs> right. Which is kind of funny because there's so much Padme and Anakin stuff. That's the thing is like, I kind of wish that Clone Wars had like some sort of segmentation on Disney Plus where it was yeah. like, give me all the Padme the Anakin episodes. Give me yeah. all the clone episodes. Give me all the like whatever episodes, all the like Break random droid episodes. Yeah. yeah. Because like, I just, I really struggle with the like bouncing back and forth that they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like you need like, the chronological order list and then and you I still have, have to bounce back and forth. And, and I have been doing it in chronological order, but yeah. it's still like so disjointed. And you yes. guys know how I struggle with disjointedness and side quests. And so it's like when I can't follow the thread, yes. I have a really hard time. But then you're a completionist. So you don't want to skip anything either. Exactly. <laughs> so when people are like, well, just skip those episodes. I'm like, I literally physically I cannot, cannot. Cannot do it. Cannot. <laughs> like, I'd rather not even try than try and do that. Right. Okay. So thank you, Bo. And I still love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so time for a little bit of theorizing here. I mean, this Ooh. is kind of the question coming out of this finale. Where is Ezra and Thrawn? <laughs> Where do they go? And actually, Jason um, had another question for us, kind of related to this. How the heck is the Chimera going to travel through light speed with those viewports destroyed? Yeah, I thought about that too, actually. Yeah. My theory on this has always been that since the Pergil are organic beings, that their traveling through hyperspace is much more like the wolves doing the force walk. Mm-hmm. That they are almost like accessing like world between worlds almost just a, just like a little bit to travel through hyperspace. It's a force highway. <laughs> yeah, it's like a force highway. So wherever they are going, it's not the same as if like an engine propels you through hyperspace. It's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so that you can, organic beings can survive it. I mean, there's also like nothing to say that like Ezra can't like close additional windows that we haven't right. seen. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of the ships have like those safeguards and those yeah. things going on. So I'm not too worried about that. Although it did pop into my mind as to where they are. I mean, it's gotta be far, like far as shit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, where do I want them to be? I want them to be on Corellia because I'm obsessed with Corellia. <laughs> you want them to, you want them to turn up and uh, they actually end up as Kira's prisoners for a few That's years. Exactly it. That is if they can connect Ezra and Kira, we're we're done. I'm oh, here. Ezra, for it. he'd be like, <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing. Um, mm. I, I kind of just like figure that they're like floating in space somewhere. Like I don't know that they're anywhere in particular because I feel like we would have heard about him. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because like Obi-Wan knows about him too. So like, why isn't Obi looking for him? He can't, he's with Luke. Yeah, he like, put his eggs in Obi-Wan the Luke basket. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, Obi- if there's anyone that needs to oh. fucking chill axe, it's Obi Wan, and he's not going to. And like, why isn't Yoda looking for him? Well, he can't leave. He's he's because he the uh, dark side. Dagobah. Honestly, the, like the dark side energy kind of shields him there. And also, so Obi Wan. Obi Wan doesn't have a ton of time to look for him. Like again, we're right up against kind of the events of Rogue One at this ending, so Obi Wan might never have actually really known known that he went missing. Okay, so like, and then he dies. who's left? Like, who's left in the Jedi Order at this point? Ezra, Luke. As know. I mean, and inter- like, eventually Luke, Ahsoka, Obi Wan, Yoda. And Ahsoka is not a Jedi. Right. Right. She's a light side user. I mean, Cal. We don't know if Cal Kestis is alive or okay. Sierra Junda. We don't know if she's alive, and they're from the video game. So, like, who else? That there we are know some of? that went into hiding that we still don't know what happened to them. Like okay. Yaddle is still a wild card out there. Grogu. Like, right, there's Grogu. There. Thrawn, <laughs> like Thrawn makes the mention that, you know, the Jedi once numbered in the thousands, but now they're just like scattered and in hiding and not really connected anymore. So do we think, what if Ezra... Oh, What's his name is out there too. Oh, oh. what is his name? I'm blanking out. I don't Massage's know, but what if boyfriend. Ezra was, like, with Maz? Like, what oh, if he's- Quinlan? Quinlan Voss, yeah. He's, he's still out there? Also. Oh. As, as from the comics, he is unaccounted for. Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to imagine that Ezra's chilling with Maz. We would That'd definitely awesome. know if he were with Maz. That would be chill. I think- What if he was just, like, visiting? What if she's, like, his weird grandma that he, like, visits on the holidays? It's possible. I, I, I think Ezra is still with Thrawn. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Even like, in, in, what Man- are doing? in Mando, I think he is still with Thrawn. I agree. I agree. You but know, what are they doing? Do you think they made it to the ascendancy? <laughs> I think they were in the unknown region somewhere <laughs> and had to rely on each other, which is hysterical because Thrawn mm-hmm. dealing with ADHD as for being like, there goes a butterfly. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, really? Really? Is there anybody else on Thrawn's ship at this point, or is it like literally just him and Ezra? I think the Chimera crew are still. I hope yeah, the, the Chimera tr- there crew were troopers. are still there. there were troopers I'm very on nervous there. for them because I love some of them okay. <laughs> on the Chimera crew from the books. Like, yeah, I the troopers were dead. still there. Yeah, so there I was like kind of imagining there. like a water world situation, like a ghost ship where they're like the mm. only two left on this ship, and they've got like to work mm-hmm. together to pull through yeah, until they can like yeah. find help. They might not be on the Chimera anymore. Like they could, the Pergo could have taken Thrawn and Ezra from the Chimera as well. Wait, so the Chimera's wandering around out there by itself on its ghost crew, and then Thrawn and Ezra are on a planet somewhere. Whoa, that'd be waiting to get picked up. Well, hopefully, we see all this in Ahsoka. Yes. Yes, it'll be very interesting to see if Thrawn shifts Ezra's focus to something else. Or if Ezra can say, shift Thrawn's focus. Or if Ezra I can think shift focus. My most surprising thing that did not happen in Rebels that again I really thought would happen in Rebels. I also thought it would happen in Mando. Grogu and Ezra both did not go to the dark side. At no point were they really that tempted. And that was a little bit shocking to me. Obviously, Ezra like had some temptation there, but nothing right. like 
nothing like what we saw from Anakin with like the eye color shifting no. or like the like intense bursts of anger. Mm-hmm. So like he I was started worried. and then Kanan caught him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we I feel like they were really heading there with like the Sith holocron. Mm-hmm. And then they, they like really they could still be heading there. <laughs> I'm very nervous about what Dave Filoni mm-hmm. is going to do with Thrawn. I'm very I- nervous. <laughs> I'm like, if he makes him an out and out true, if it's like straight villain, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not what Thrawn is. Mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn created Thrawn, and that's my guideline. So it's like, Ooh, if he makes them straight up villain, that's not doesn't track with right the rest of canon. For more details on that, check out our multiple episodes, several hours character study on Thrawn. <laughs> We've done Even one on I Thrawn haven't listened to that one. And on Ezra. So we've yes. done Thrawn and Ezra. <laughs> oh, one more thing, because it is Flo's favorite thing from Rebels. Flo, did you notice how Thrawn's final moments? make the Bendu's prediction come to pass. If you talked about Bendu one more time, <laughs> I'm going to throw my computer out this window. Because it is his, like, quote-unquote, like, Bendu dying words right. that he, he sees right. Thrawn in, like, this cold embrace of many arms, and that comes mm-hmm. to pass with the purgle. Yep. Bendu can go fuck himself. <laughs> if Bendu shows up in the Ahsoka show, I am going to die. I don't think he will. No. <laughs> that was the worst part of rebels for me i will say like the wolves redeem themselves in these in the the episode before this one just by ripping out people's throats Mm -hmm. but bendu never redeemed himself fuck that guy (laughs) no all right and on that super happy note guys that is it for our (laughs) rebels journey i can't believe it it's a wild ride that's why am i gonna watch the ahsoka show when it's clone wars um, <laughs> we are not going to do a podcast about Clone Wars. That would no, but Flo was looking for something to watch. So. Oh, no. no, I'm probably going to go watch uh, Attack of the Clones tonight. There you go. Book of uh, Boba Fett begins at the end of the month. It's true. We've Book of Boba Fett starts at the end of the month. So thank you everyone for joining us on this mission with the Ghost Crew. We hope you've had as much fun as we have zipping all around the Outer Rim with the very integral part of the rebellion that is the Ghost. Stay tuned for upcoming BGS topics. We're probably going to be off for pretty much through Christmas, maybe through New Year's. I think these ladies might be cooking up some ideas uh, for some stuff leading up to Valentine's Day. We don't know. I mean, we're always cooking up some ideas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So stay tuned to our social feeds uh, and follow us wherever you're getting your podcast, guys. Leave us some of those five star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. You can enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she reviews Star Wars literature. And again, contact us through email and social media. You have questions, send them in. Mm-hmm. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. You can also head over to forgottenentertainment.com. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast, where we examine different facets of Star Wars canon and are currently making our way through Star Wars visions. Mm -hmm. So much fun. Yes. (laughs) But until next time, keep those sabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Ah! Bye, everybody. Hi everyone. Hi guys. Oh. I really thought you were gonna make like an outer rim rim job joke, but then you didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I <was> I did. <laughs>
we also talk about that in other episodes of freaking Bohemian Geek Studies, everyone. That's right. Enjoy all the rim job content. Bye! <laughs>